Welcome to Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces. I'm your host, Cassiopeia. You can find new episodes every Friday available on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe through Anchor or sign up on the Patreon page, both links are in the bio, for access to bonus episodes, early episode plays, and more. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at creepycases.spookyspaces for all news and updates. Due to the graphic nature of some of the cases and spaces featured on this show, listener discretion is advised. Hello, hello, creepy spooks. Welcome back to another episode of Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces with Cassie Opea. Um, We are just two episodes away from um, my season two finale, and um, I don't know what it's going to be. I want to do something kind of cool and fun with it. Um, but yeah, uh, last season, if you remember, I was up to like 33 episodes and I don't think that actually includes the bonus episodes for last season. And it was before I really looked into how many episodes a season's supposed to be. And so this season is only going to be 20 episodes. So, um, yeah, within the next couple of episodes, I will be taking another small little break. Um, but don't worry, because I will be working on all kinds of content for you to bring back um, better than ever in Season 3. So be sure to follow, be sure to subscribe, um, because you'll get uh, updates and everything like that. And um, if you want to join the email list that I'm going to be putting together to keep up with those, uh, definitely send me a message or an email at creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to keep an eye out for that website that is still coming soon. Um, I'm just working on it a little bit before I make it public and put it out there. I want to have a little bit um, of content kind of put up before I make it public. Also, don't forget those creepy cases and spooky spaces candles are still available at pizzaandpigtails.com. Click on the Wiccan Face store and they are right there. And don't forget to check out some of the other uh, fragrances or scents available because there's some pretty cool and um, amazing smelling candles. Now, for this episode, I do want to put out an extra disclaimer. It does talk about um, attempted murder. It does talk about uh, mental illness. If you or someone you know is struggling or has trouble um, with mental illness, please reach out, get help. Um, Whether it be a friend, a family member, um, a complete stranger that will listen to you through like the hotlines, please reach out. So um, I guess without further ado, we will get started on this week's episode. 
Now, imagine being 12 years old, headed out on a fun adventure with your friends. Just a typical day out to play hide-and-seek in the local wooded area. Only, once you're there, your two so-called friends grab you, pin you down, and begin to stab you. Over and over again, totaling 19 times. They told you that they would get you help, but only no help comes, and you have to drag yourself out of the woods on your own. And that's what happened in this week's creepy case of the Slender Man. On May 30th, 2014, three 12 year old girls, Anissa Weyer, Morgan Geyser, and Peyton Lutner, had a slumber party in Walcasia, Wisconsin, a suburb of Milwaukee. They went roller skating for Geyser's birthday and stayed over to celebrate Geyser. And Geyser actually said that Lutner had been her best friend since the fourth grade. Yet in December 2013, Geyser had actually been plotting as to how her and Wire could become Slender Man's proxies and join him in his mansion in the woods, using Lutner as their way in. Now, if you're not familiar with the legend of Slender Man, um, I'll also touch more a little on it later in the show, is that he preys on children. Or so that's one of the beliefs of Slenderman legend. He calls them into the woods, inviting them to kill in order to be initiated into his quote-unquote proxy. Now, his motives were always left unknown, which made it a little more creepy, not knowing any specifics about his background or how he operates. Now, the next morning, May 31st, 2014, the three girls set off to David's Park, a nearby wooded area, to hang out and ended up playing a game of hide-and-seek. It was then that Wire and Geyser pinned Lutner down and stabbed her 19 times with a kitchen blade of 5 inches. Her wounds were in the arms, legs, and torso. Two wounds were to major organs. One actually just missed a major artery of her heart by less than a millimeter. And another went through her diaphragm and into her liver and her stomach. Now, Wire and Geyser told Lutner that they would get her help but they didn't. She ended up actually dragging herself out of the woods to a nearby road where a cyclist found her and called 911. Now, despite 
the severity of her wounds, Lutner survived her injuries. She spent seven days in the hospital and she returned to school that September. She said, my body was working so hard to keep itself alive. It was probably like vision isn't really a priority right now. Geyser and Wire were arrested the same day. They had walked about five miles before they were caught at Steinhoffel's furniture store. The knife was actually in a bag that they were carrying. Police interrogated them that same day as well. Now, while Geyser said she felt no remorse, I mean, this was only her best friend and all, Wire said she felt guilty, but also said the attack was needed in order to appease Slenderman. Both girls were afraid he would kill their families if they didn't commit the murder. And they actually admitted to have been planning the murder for months. Morgan said, hey, Anissa, we should be proxies. And I was like, Okay, how would we do that? Wire told police. That's when Geyser told her about the plan to stab Lutner, and Wire enthusiastically agreed. I was excited because I wanted proof that he existed, because there were a bunch of skeptics out there saying he didn't actually exist, Wire said. Morgan and I were going to be like lionesses chasing down a zebra. I was going to tackle her, and then Morgan was going to do the stabbing. Our creepy case will return after a few words from our sponsors. Morgan Geyser was charged with attempted first-degree homicide, while Anissa Wire was attempted with second-degree homicide. Now, due to the severity and nature of the crime, both girls were tried as adults, facing up to 65 years in prison. Now, however, Both have also been diagnosed with mental illness, and they were basically ruled incompetent to stand trial at first. One claims that Slenderman watches her, can read minds, and can teleport. Experts testified in court that she also claims to converse with Lord Voldemort and a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle which I hope it's Michelangelo because he's actually the coolest Ninja Turtle, but that's neither here nor there in this case. Now, I kind of wonder when people claim the insanity and mental illness pleas, like how true is it? Are they just trying to get away with the crimes that they're being charged for? And I know that some people really do have mental illness. I have been officially diagnosed with one. Um, but like, I feel there's so many times that the insanity 
or the incompetent plea comes into play. And you always have to question who is actually um, incompetent and who isn't because there are some pretty good actors out there as well. And even if experts testify that, oh, they're not uh, mentally capable, it still kind of makes uh, you just get really skeptical. Now, I will say that Geyser was um, diagnosed schizophrenic, and her father, I believe, actually was diagnosed not that long before her. Now, Wire, um, she shared, she basically has a shared delusional disorder, which makes her very susceptible to believe a lot of things that people tell her, whether they're true or not. So it was very easy for Geyser to kind of, um, I guess, make her believe that Slenderman was real. And now, in 2015 is when they were both ruled competent to stand trial, and they were actually charged separately. Now, in 2017, one of the girls pleaded guilty, but claimed that she was not responsible for the attack. Prosecutors argued that she knew what she was doing was wrong, but the jury still found her mentally ill during the attack, and she was sentenced to 25 years in a mental institution. And that was um, wire in this case. Now, Geyser agreed to plead guilty to avoid jail time, and in 2018, it was reported that she had been sentenced to 40 years in a Wisconsin mental hospital, and that's the actual maximum sentence allowed. Um, so she actually tried to appeal, I believe in 2021 or 2020. And then in 2021, the state of Wisconsin actually refused to hear her appeal. Now, the scary thing is the Wisconsin incident wasn't the only one of that nature. In 2014, a Cincinnati, Ohio woman was actually attacked by her 13-year-old daughter who waited for her in the kitchen with basically a, a mask on and her sleeves over her hands. And her daughter had also been obsessed with Slenderman and even wrote macabre fiction revolving around the character. And I will say that just because somebody writes macabre fiction um, based on a creepy character doesn't mean that they're going to result to things like this because I actually love reading the macabre fiction stories and the creepy and the spooky and there are a lot of people who just have overactive imaginations, I being one of them, um, but it I would say that if you... Um, notice that somebody is also showing kind of odd behaviors along with it, I would say maybe just kind of check in with them and see if they're doing okay mentally. 
Um, now, the woman suffered minor injuries, including cuts on her neck, face, and a puncture wound to her back. And the daughter is actually currently facing charges still. In September 2014, a 14-year-old girl in Port Ritchie, Florida, set her house on fire while her mother and 9-year-old brother were inside. People reported that the teenagers had been reading online stories about Slenderman. In early 2015, an epidemic of suicide attempts by people aged 12 to 24 took over the Pine Ridge Reservation. And the Oglala Sioux tribe president noted that many Native Americans actually traditionally believe in a suicide spirit similar to Slenderman. So let's talk about the creepy story of Slenderman and how this creation inspired such a panic not only across the country, but the world. Like, what drove these kids to harm? And just, I mean, you see that Slenderman isn't a, um, like a, like an older folkloric tale. This is actually a modern day story. And it's just one of those things where the imagination just gets a hold of you and just takes off. Now, in June 2009, an internet forum named Something Awful posted a challenge for creators to take regular photographs and make them look scary by adding realistic paranormal images such as ghosts, ghouls, monsters, goblins, um, etc. Eric Knudsen posted under the name Victor Surge two black and white photos of groups of children with an added tall, thin, spectral figure wearing a black suit and a blank face. And now I actually have to admit that one of the few things that really creeps me out and gives me the shivers is anything without a face and i i don't know why but there is just something that just really uh, uh like i was even there was a we took a visit out to the kennedy space center and when the astronaut or when the guy came out in the astronaut suit, my mom is actually standing next to him and I am screaming my head off in the photo. And there's been a couple of shows um, or movies where like people show up and they don't have a face. And I, I don't know why. It just creeps me out. I just want nothing to do with it. Anyway... <laughs> Um, so Slender Man can actually stretch or shorten his arms at will and has te tentacle-like appendages that protrude from his back. Now, other submissions only consisted of photographs, but Serge took his a step further and added captions that seemed to be from those who saw the abductions and named the creepy character Slender Man. The quote under the first photo stated, We didn't want to go, 
We didn't want to kill them, but its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. And then it says, 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. The quote under the second photo read, One of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library blaze, notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished and for what is referred to as the Slender Man. Deformity cited as film defects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. And then it says 1986, photographer Mary Thomas, missing since June 13th, 1986. Our creepy case will return after a few words from our sponsors. Do you smell that? The fairies must be whipping up something amazing over at the Wiccan Fae Candle Nook. The custom layered candles are a must for all candle lovers. With your choice of three scents, you can create your very own garden soiree or Sunday yummy Sunday. With names like Bitch Slap Blue, Chill the Fuck Out, and even the new Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces scent line, you are bound to find something for everyone. So right now, when you mention the code CREEPYSPOOKY, you'll get 10% off your first order. So head on over to pizzaandpigtails.com and click the shop link up in the left-hand corner and get your very own Wiccan Fay candles today. It was pretty spontaneous, Nudzen told in an interview in 2011. I saw some of the pictures in the thread and just decided to make something that I myself would find creepy. He explained that Slenderman is inspired by the surreal imaginings of H.P. Lovecraft, Stephen King, and William S. Burroughs. Now, Nutson never could have imagined how many people would be inspired by his character, or that some would take their enthusiasm a little too far, and the sensation of Slenderman took off like lightning. Now, just 10 days after he posted, the YouTube channel Marvel Hornets premiered, featuring the found footage series about a film student by a figure known as the Operator, which was clearly inspired by Slenderman. Joseph Delage, Tim Sutton, and Troy Wagner shot a nearly 90-episode series, which ran for five years and actually still holds over 500,000 subscribers. Various other Slenderman-inspired video games, fan art, and movies soon followed. Hundreds of thousands flocked to these websites, with fans soon filling in the blanks of Slenderman's history with their own thoughts of what he did and why. 
Now, media scholar and folklorist Andrew Peck attributes the success of Slenderman to its highly collaborative nature. The character and his motives are shrouded in mystery, and users can easily adapt his story, his tropes, and imagery to create their own telling. He's similar to those beloved campfire stories, urban legend, and the personal acts of creative expression that we all love. Although mostly all followers understand that the Slender Man isn't real, they suspend disbelief in order to become more engrossed when telling or listening to the stories. The ambiguity um, has led to some confusion about the character's origin and purpose, and Eric Knudsen has commented that many people, despite understanding that Slender Man was created on the Something Awful forums, still entertain the possibility that he might be real. Because who doesn't want to believe in a good boogeyman? Now, after the Wisconsin stabbing of Peyton Lutner, Eric Knudsen actually released a statement saying, I am deeply saddened by the tragedy in Wisconsin, and my heart goes out to the families of those affected by this terrible act. He did decline to give interviews and any statements beyond that to show respect for the family and Peyton herself. And now, could you imagine creating something so awesome and just so original that it gains traction across the world, but also causes some to get so carried away that it drives them to hurt their friends and family? And now, despite the horrific attacks, Slenderman fans really just wanted a creepy legend to enjoy not violence. And now, I'm not usually one to blame the internet or TV or video games, and as a parent myself um, to a teenager, I understand how influential some kids can be, and I feel that parents should be more involved in the content that their children see, and they should be more open and honest about topics like that could um, that could lead to something like this. And it's like I'm, like I'm not trying to be all preachy preachy and I'm definitely not one to tell others how to live or how to raise their children. But as someone who suffers from an overactive imagination, um, it's it, sometimes you do have to when you start, getting into stories or you start having thoughts and ideas it sometimes it is hard to kind of reel yourself back in and really take a moment to go wait a second that's not actually how how it is um and i just i i just hope that parents would see the signs um that something could possibly be bothering their children and definitely encourage those who need help to seek help because you just you never know when the next sensation is going to appear and it could definitely save you from being the next bout of headlines.
So tell me your thoughts and feelings on this creepy case, because I'd really like to get um, others' opinions on the Slender Man and how exactly um, you kind of take his story um, and how he has influenced so many people, both in a positive and a negative manner. Um, you can send me a message directly through the Anchor website. You can message me on Facebook and Instagram at creepycases.spookyspaces. And don't forget to follow so you can keep up with all of the new information. Uh, don't forget to subscribe through Anchor or Patreon. There will also be updates there. And if you want to join the mailing list, the email list that I'm starting to put together, you can do that. It would also be filled with um, updates, uh, cool content, um, maybe start doing uh, more than just the podcast, maybe start doing a little bit of email and kind of highlights and spotlights and stuff like that. Um, and that you can uh, send me an email and just let me know if you'd like to sign up for it. Creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com. And as always, I will see you next crime. Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces is a Pizza and Pigtails production. Writing, recording, and editing done by yours truly, along with Pizza and Pigtails Productions. You can find new episodes every Friday with bonus episodes coming out every other Tuesday. Follow along on Facebook and Instagram at creepycases.spookyspaces for all future news and updates. Don't forget to subscribe to Patreon or Anchor for access to bonus episodes, early access to episodes, and much more. And if you have a creepy case or a spooky space that you would like featured on the podcast, shoot me an email at creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com.